What's up, guys? You're listening to the Next Level Real Estate Podcast presented by the Ryan Gillen team. This is the fourth episode of our investment series, and today we're going to talk to you a little bit about flipping properties and different options that you have when it comes to doing that, depending on where you are in your life or what your goals are, doing your traditional buy, flip, sell might not be for you. So we're going to give you some other advice and some other ways you can go about flipping a home. Um, As far as that goes, we're going to talk about renovating as you go, as you live there and using a personal loan to do that. We're going to talk about your traditional flip just a little bit briefly. And then we're going to talk about renovating a property to then rent out and keep long-term. So you're just on with Andrea and I today. I'm Jordan. We have no Ryan with us. So (laughs) hopefully we can give you some good tips and help you out with this. Um, Um, Andrea, actually, we've talked a little bit about this before, but she's selling her house right now and she did buy it as a personal home with the intention of renovating it and selling it later on. So she did flip a house. It was just a long-term thing. So she had a place to live for several years Mm -hmm. during it. So we'll talk about that first. Um, I know Andrea and I both work with a lot of first-time buyers who do have the goal of doing investment properties. So this might be a good way to start. So Andrea, let's chat a little bit about when you started out, how did you buy the property? Because when you do this as a personal residence and flip it over time, you can use a personal loan. So did you do FHA conventional or a home buyer grant or what did you do? Yeah. So when I bought my house, um, I was 21 years old. I was working as a server bartender. And so I didn't have much money to my name. My credit was kind of (laughs) iffy. Um, so, but my dad's a real estate agent and he had pounded into my head my entire life, buy a house, don't rent from anyone if you can avoid it. Um, so I'd always had that mindset and understood how important that was. Um, just so I wasn't paying down someone else's mortgage when I could for the same price or less pay down mine. I really wanted to get into a place and Luckily, I was able to get approved for an FHA loan, and those allow you to have lower credit scores oftentimes and less money down. So you only have to have 3.5% down to get an FHA loan. And then I also applied for a few grants. Uh, So I did that through my lender at the time. She got it all set up for me. So I got an OFA grant, which is an Ohio first-time homebuyer's grant. And there's a little bit of restrictions on that. So you have to live in the house for a certain amount of time, or you have to pay back some of the money if you're not there that entire time. But I planned on being there a little bit long term at the time. So that was no problem for me. So this is my fifth year of owning the house. And like Jordan said, I'm selling it now. I bought the house, not the house that I wanted the most, but the house that I thought could make me the most amount of money later on. So I bought a uh, foreclosure. I paid $53,000 for it. The house had been flipped by someone else about five years prior. um, And the lady that bought it just couldn't afford it anymore and lost the house. So when I got into it, nothing needed done. It was just cosmetics. So Mm -hmm. I like ripped out the carpet, refinished the hardwood floors, painted everything. And honestly, it was good to go from there. So I did all that work myself or with my parents, but over time. So I didn't like freak out and rush and do all these big updates because I didn't have the money to do them, but I knew I would just do things as I could over time. Yeah. And I think that's a super, super good option, whether you're young and want to buy your first house, or even I have a client who 
he just lives in a home over a few years span, fixes it up, mm-hmm. moves. He's not, you know, married or with kids or anything. So he's not, doesn't have to be attached to a property. Right. And that's a super good way to go about that. Cause like you said too, with getting your grant and using an FHA loan, you were able to save money out of your pocket mm-hmm. and you probably got some closing costs covered too, I yeah. assume. Yeah. So actually so. I had, um, with that grant I had and with the closing costs that were covered, I actually got a check back at closing. I think for close to $1,000 because I had enough grants. And I also had, um, at the time, Kettering was doing a program for first-time home buyers. So um, I just got multiple grants from multiple places. My lender was really savvy in helping me find those, and they worked for me at the time. And so the 3.5% was more than covered, so I got money back, and I sunk that right back into the mortgage. Yeah, that's awesome. And another thing that you said, too, that I think is really important to remember if you are considering this option of... Of flipping a home is you didn't buy the house that you liked the most or yeah. that was the prettiest or whatever. The whole point of this is buying something at a good price that you know is going to gain value and that you can put value into it. Because after all, if you're doing this with the mindset of flipping it, even though it's long term, that's what you do when it comes to buying a flip. Exactly. You buy a cheaper option that needs work and you sell it for more. So it's easy, I feel like, to get wrapped up in like, oh, it's my house. I want to do this, this, and mm-hmm. this. And like, but like you said, that not anything really super needed done. It was cosmetics, but you could have been like, oh, well, I want to make the kitchen look like this. Exactly. And I want to, it's hard to like, find that line, but it sounds like you were able to do it. Yeah. And I had to give up a lot of, you know, what I wanted and listen to at the time my real estate agent was my dad. I had to listen to my dad and understand what he was trying to point out to me because the houses I liked, I could have afforded technically with my, what I was approved for, but these houses were certainly bigger and, you know, maybe a little bit nicer neighborhoods than what I was buying in. But they needed the roof replaced. They had leaks coming in through the ceiling. And my dad was the one to say, you know, that's fine, but this house is at the top of your budget. Do you have the money as soon as you get into it to repair these items? Mm -hmm. Can you do this, that, and the other? And, you know, no. Right. (laughs) I, I couldn't. So I had to understand what his point was to find something that I could afford no problem and that needed minimal work. And, you know, I knew when I bought my house, I think it was listed at the time for like 65000 um, We got a good deal on it, obviously. But I knew walking into my house that if I needed to sell it shortly after, I could probably get seventy seventy five thousand out of it mm-hmm. in the condition it was in. But it was a um, Fannie Mae home, so it was just at a good price at the time. And it was like my third pick, but it was the one that made the most sense financially. And... I'm obviously so thankful I did because every year I was in it, I was just watching the market go up and up in my neighborhood and people start taking better care of their houses and starting to sell them for more and more. Didn't love it that my taxes were going up, but loved what Mm -hmm. it meant for um, the long-term goal of selling it. And now I have it listed for uh, $124.9. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I have it under contract. Over double. Yeah, and I'm really happy with the amount I'm going to... uh, be getting out of the house. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And definitely a good way to start getting into investing because not, I mean, let's be honest, not everybody has 20% to put down on an investment property and a certain amount of money in the bank to um, fix things up once you own the property. So this is a really, really good option if you're wanting to get into investing, but also need a place to live yeah. or want to be able to do 
long-term renovations like we talked about and eventually sell and make a good profit and move on to the next one. And there's actually, I mean, I said earlier, I have a client that's a single guy that does this, but I know families that have done it. I mean, some people don't mind to hop around and move and stuff. I don't know that that would be what I would want to do because I just have a lot of stuff and I don't think I'd (laughs) want to move it a lot. But I know a lot of people who do it this way and I really do think it's a super, super good option. If you can keep your eye on the prize and know that that, you know, hopefully a large sum of money is coming, then why not, you know? Right. And I don't think it hurts either to going into it, kind of like you said, have a time frame already in your mind. Like you had a timeline. You're like, I know I don't want to be here longer than X Mm -hmm. amount of time. So I'm going to have everything done by this time. And don't keep stretching that out, like stick to your goal. That way you can move on to the next one. Um, and then another way that you could do this too, um, you don't necessarily have to sell the property. You could keep it as a rental property. And I don't, I think you did consider that, didn't you? Yeah. That's what my mom the entire time wanted me to do because I got the house so cheap. She was like, it would not take you very long to pay this down. And then at the end you would have this property paid off. Someone's still paying rent and you could sell it or just keep it forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's definitely a good option. It's nothing wrong with it at all. The only reason I, ultimately chose to do what I did is because the profit is so large right now that I don't think that I'm going to make more money holding off longer. I might make the same amount, but I might as well cash this out and move on to the next one. But if, if I bought the house for a higher price, like my brother lives in my neighborhood, he bought his house for in between 90 and a hundred, same style house as Mm -hmm. mine. His wouldn't make as much sense to try and get a profit out of. He could sell it and probably break even right now. So he would, it would make sense for him to move out He could even rent a place and rent his out and make really good money because his Mm -hmm. mortgage is cheaper, but it wouldn't make as much sense for him to try and sell if he was trying to profit right now. Right. So it all just depends on how much you initially bought it for, how much you still owe on the mortgage and how, what your market is doing in your neighborhood at the time. Yeah. And what your goals are. Cause some people want to just flip properties. Some people want to have rentals. So that would be a good way to go too. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to start getting rentals, I don't know for sure what the rule is with FHA, but I do know conventional, you're allowed to have multiple conventional loans all at once. And you can still do a first time buyer program with a conventional loan, um, low money down, low rates, all that. So you're allowed to have multiple of those at a time. I believe it's like every six months or a year, you're allowed to have another one Mm -hmm. that you're occupying. So Mm -hmm. that's a good way to go for that too. If you wanted to live in it, fix it up a little bit and then keep it as a rental. If you didn't necessarily want to just buy rental properties that you have on top of where you live. Right. But yeah, so then another way to go about this, obviously, is just your traditional flip, buy a property, renovate it, sell it, take the profit, move on. We did talk about this quite a bit in detail in episode 20 as far as what you should do to these properties, our best tips when it comes to fixing things up, saving money when it comes to doing that, all that. Um, But We can talk a little bit about that because there are also ways to buy your just traditional flip property. You do have to have, you're buying it as an investment property. So you have to have the money to put down on it and then the money to renovate it. But there are ways, like Andrea said, she bought a foreclosure. So you can get pretty cheap properties, Mm -hmm. fix them up. You might not necessarily be buying 
you know, something that's at the top of the market when you can go to a, the auctions mm-hmm. and all that. Right. The only thing with that is I think you have to have cash, don't you? Typically, yeah. For most of those. Sure. But you were able to buy yours. You didn't have to have cash because you bought it through a bank, right? Correct. Because it was yeah. a foreclosure. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways to go about that too. And like I said, if you want more info about that, I would refer back to episode 20 because that's where we dive super into it. I think most people get the gist of buying a house, flipping it, and right. selling it. So sure. I don't think we really need to dive too far into that. But like we said, depending on what your goals are when it comes to long-term investments, whether you want to flip, whether you want to rent, there's a lot of ways to go about this and a lot of ways that you can flip a property, hold on to it, make money. Um, You can refi it Mm -hmm. if you decided to hold on to it. There's ways to make money as far as that goes too. In a couple weeks, we're going to do a more in-depth episode of finding money and how you can refi these properties to work to your benefit and things like that too. So stay tuned for that. And I think that's all we've got for you this week. As always, if you have any questions for us, we're always here to answer. Let us know. We're happy to sit down and talk with you about this, help you figure out what kind of investor that you want to be. We love conversations like that. So stay tuned for the next investment series episode, and we will chat with you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye.